Predict, pick, and prevail in your fantasy football leagues with Nick Giacobbe and Nick Cap. From breakouts to busts, superstars to sleepers, these are the guys that will help you achieve fantasy glory. This is the Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Welcome everybody to Season 2, Episode 77 of the Primetime Fantasy Podcast. We give you our predictions, our picks, with the hopes that we help you prevail this weekend for your fantasy championship games, and if you continue playing next week for the rest of the 2022 fantasy football season. I'm your host, Nick Giacobbe. Joining me is Nick Cap. Nick, we're going into championship week. Um, our teams did not uh, didn't qualify, unfortunately. It's kind of the way that fantasy goes. Um, we both had the uh, best teams in our leagues, and that's why that's why I have leagues that play for points because the best team has to have something to play for. It should have something to play for, and I wish more leagues would kind of do something like that. So I I, ha- I still have um, a league to play for with points in it. But uh, how are you feeling at least uh, going into this week if you're if you're playing for anything at least? So I, I have not shared on the podcast yet uh, the the miserable fantasy football week that I've had. Um, so first off, fourteen person league. Everybody on the, that's listens to the podcast repeatedly knows about this league. Um, I lost by 0.6 points um, before the game uh, during the live episode. Someone did mention that there was a uh, weather concerns in the Cincinnati and new England game. So I had Nick Folk as my kicker. Um, I had him as my kicker in, in my two one seed playoff games. Um, and in both of those, I went to drop him. the first league. I dropped him and I picked up a different kicker. The second league, my 14 person league, I went to drop him and it wasn't loading for some reason. I said, you know what? I dropped him in one league, whatever. Like I'll just leave it. Point six points I lose by any single kicker that was on the waiver wire. I start, I win the game. Uh, that was pretty frustrating. And then number two, I lose by 3.6 points because the Denver Broncos defense allowed 45 points um, and scored negative four. If they scored um, zero points, any literally any defense off the waiver wire, yep. um, I win that matchup as well. So the two frustrating losses, but, yep. uh, you know, I, I agreed. To, one of them was a championship game, and we agreed to split the pot beforehand. So, um, that was cool, and then, and then the other one kind of just sucks. But it is what it is. My season is over, though, but n- not for you guys. For you guys, me and Nick are still here. I'm convinced the best team just never wins. That's just kind of – I rarely see it. In in our league, um, you know, the, the two people that are competing for points have been bounced. Um, I believe the one seed might still be in. I think Mike is the one seed technically, but he wasn't He wasn't top two in points. So, to me, yeah. not, not the best team at least. My dynasty league, though, the top two seeds are in it. Um, the one seed is second in points. The two seed was the one who got the buy in my division, unfortunately, um, is not in the top three in points. So, again, um, and then in my other league, the, the one that uh, I had the best team in by a mile, um, the eight seed that beat me is back in the championship. He was the eight seed last year and won the championship. So, it's luck. This is what it comes down to luck. And that's why I um, pushed here, commissioners, next year. Uh, to make points a payout, not just a payout, uh, a significant payout. I'm going to push it to all my commissioners next year um, that, that that I'm not commissioner and to make every league, um, you know, if it's if it's a thousand dollar payout, at least three hundred bucks should go to the points. Um, probably a, a 60-40 split, but that's that's the commissioner in the so, league. But I you, sh- you should so, push for that. So I one of my friends is doing what I think is a very good concept that I think we should implement into one of our leagues. Um, whoever the highest scorer on the week is will get paid out. 50% of what the buy-in was. So there's 14 weeks in the season. All you need to do is become the number one scorer on two weeks and you made your money back. And then the the rest of the money goes to the championship winner, whatever's left over from the pot. So you don't get credit for having the most points in the year, 
But if you did have the most points in the year, I imagine you had two, three, four weeks um, of being the best team, and therefore you would still wind up making money on it. I think it's an interesting. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't mind that. It's it, it, it's a fun concept. I don't mind. I definitely, if you have the most points to me, you have the you have the best you have the best team. Um, yeah, and you need to get screwed in. Like for example, my dynasty le- le- dynasty league last week. Um, one of the matchups had over 150 points, and the other two matchups scored under 140. So, um, like one of those teams got bounced because of the matchup, and that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. So that, that's something to talk about in the off season. Um, but for now. We want to help prepare you guys for your championships. We're going to do it in today's episode um, with some news. We'll do it with our all boom and all bust teams. Thursday night football, flex on them, a lot of stuff to get you ready for your fantasy football championships. Um, Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. And if we don't give you all the fantasy information that you need, we are going to do our live show this Sunday. It won't be 830 like most Sundays. It's going to be 930, pushing it back an hour. Everybody will be out for New Year's the night before, probably having drinks. Everybody needs that extra hour of sleep. So. 9.30 9.30 a.m., YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. The YouTube and Facebook is Primetime Fantasy Podcast. The Twitter is Primetime FF Pod. We'll be there for about an hour um, if questions keep rolling in. Not sure how many questions we will get. You know, with, with, if you're not in a fantasy championship, you may not care at this point. That's okay. Um, but if you do have questions, make sure you join the live stream. Um, share those links with your friends. Let them know um, and help grow the Primetime Fantasy Podcast. We will also do a live stream next weekend, just in case you guys are in leagues that do put the championship to week 18. I think you're a psychopath or your league is a bunch of psychopaths, but that's okay. Um, we will still be live for that week as well. With that said, if it's your first time listening to us, thank you so much. Normally during the season, we'll do the show on Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Um, this is a mega show combining the Thursday and Friday shows. Like I said, Thursday Night Football Preview, All Boom, All Bus Teams, Flex on them, you find the show on all audio streaming platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Anchor. If you're on iTunes or Spotify, please give us a five-star rating and a review. If you'd rather watch and listen to the show like you do in the live streams, go to our YouTube channel, Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Make sure you drop a like on any video that you do watch. Thank you for the support. Keep connecting and interacting with us on social media, Primetime FFPod, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, the Facebook, and YouTube Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Starting off with some news and injury updates. First off, um, Ron Rivera announced yesterday that Carson Wentz will start for the Washington Commanders against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, it started since week six. I don't have his record in front of me, but it seemed like he played pretty well and basically took the Commanders to the playoffs. So this decision kind of shocked me. And I thought it was a, I think it's a bad decision, honestly. I, I think Carson Wentz really impressed and I felt like the team kind of rallied around uh, uh, Taylor Heineke. He's coming off a really bad game against the best defense in football. Like the 49ers are going to do that too. I mean, if there's 32 teams in the league, take the 49ers at 31. The 49ers are probably doing that to about 20 at least uh, teams in the league. So I don't fault the commanders for a bad performance. The defense is too good. So I don't know. I, I mean, the loss against the Giants is a, off that ridiculous non-pass interference call late in the game. Like, I don't I don't fault Tyler Heineke for that stuff. I don't think Carson Wentz is any better. I think it's really weird to make a quarterback change right before the playoffs um, when your quarterback wasn't playing much better than your backup would. So what are your thoughts on this, at least from both a NFL perspective and a fantasy perspective? Yeah, I mean, I kind of get it because I do think Wentz is the more talented quarterback at the end of the day, and I do think he's better for your fantasy leagues. Um, but at the same time, like the commanders over the last few weeks, they've beaten the Eagles in in early uh, November. They beat the Texans. They beat the Falcons. They tied the Giants and won a game we thought that they should have won. Then they lost to the Giants in a game where we thought that they should have won, um, or at least overtime. Uh, and then they get absolutely blown out by the 49ers. And all these games are pretty much putting up 20 points, which is the league average. So Carson Wentz, I agree, is the better quarterback, but I, I don't get the move from uh, 
the team. They were scoring a lot more points earlier in the year, I guess, and maybe there's something going on at practice. I don't know. I don't fully get the decision, but um, yeah. it is what it is. In terms of your fantasy leagues, I do think Carson Wentz is the better quarterback. He had good connection with Jahan Dotson. He has the bigger arm. He could get the ball downfield. They're going up against the Cleveland Browns this week for your championship, who are good against receiver. Um, so you will need the better quarterback for your team, for Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. Um, I, I think he's the better play for fantasy, for football. I guess we'll find out over the next two weeks. Yeah, so I, I will note this. Uh, McLaurin averaged 15 fantasy points in six games with, with Wentz. It was slightly higher average with uh, Taylor Heineke. Uh, Jahan Dotson had three games over double digits with Carson Wentz before he got hurt, I believe, with a hamstring injury. Um, and Curtis Samuel had four out of his six games over double digits with Carson Wentz. Moving on, Teddy Bridgewater has another concussion. He's already been ruled out this week against the New England Patriots. It's not great for uh, for Knicks Jets from an NFL standpoint. I mean, it's not great for the Dolphins either, in my opinion. Already a tough match against the Patriots. I think they faced them early on in the season. It was a close game, I think I remember. Or am I mixing up my Dolphins-Pats games over the last uh, few years? Um, for the receivers, Tyree Killer, three games without two with Tungavailoa. Uh, two of them were with Teddy Bridgewater. One of them was with the six-string backup quarterback against the Jets. Um, um, not six-string, the six-round backup quarterback. Uh, three games out of two for Tyree Kill 28, 13, and 32. Um, he's matchup proof, so don't worry about Tyree Kill. As for Jalen Waddle, though, five, five, and 21 now going up against a really, really tough defense. I don't know if he can bench Waddle with how talented he is and the production he's had, but if you have a really good receiver room on your team, I'd consider benching Waddle. Um, Tyree Kill to me is matchup proof, though. Um, I agree with that entirely. Um, to it, it's rough for it. I mean, third concussion over three months span. Like, that that sucks. Is it really um, his third? Yeah, because he had two earlier in the year. Oh, because technically he had – well, the two were over. I, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think the first one healed. They could claim it healed. I don't think it healed. Exactly. It was There was three concussions. Te- 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 technically, I guess they rule it as three, but I don't think that first one healed. So I personally count it as two, but you're right. Um. The, a- anyways, I mean, it's been a – I mean, this has been a problem, like, for the Dolphins to his health now. Um, Tyreek Hill's three games, the bad one, the 13 points came against the Jets. The Patriots have a similar defense of the Jets, similar cornerback schemes, um, and they're going up against Bill Belichick. Um, Tyreek Hill's been able to burn Belichick a few times, but I don't know if he'll be able to do it with Teddy Bridgewater's arm. Um, and Jalen Waddell, I, I am extremely worried for um, going up in your fantasy championships against Bill Belichick. I, I think I, I think if you do have a healthy pivot, I, I would very much consider doing it. I feel like that's a decision that will make or break your championship. I think that's one player we'll sh- we should get a lot of questions on uh, on Sunday during the live show and also on Twitter. We get a good amount of questions on Twitter. I think we'll get, I think we'll get a good amount about um, Jalen Model. Yeah. All right, so we're dropping the show on Thursday, which means we are uh, we're actually recording Wednesday morning or afternoon. It's about 12 o'clock Eastern time. Um, in the afternoon. So we're going to do a th- Thursday Night Football preview. Um, we don't have really injury updates for this show uh, because of, you know, recording Wednesday. So, you know, go to Adam Schefter, wrap up for your injury updates. Uh, but for Thursday Night Football, we'll talk about what we can talk about at least. I do want to note, <clears throat> Derrick Henry did practice, I believe, Tuesday. Um, he's dealing with an injury. I forget the injury, but the Titans don't need to play this Hip. game. Hip injury. Okay. The Titans don't need to play this game, and neither do the Jaguars. None of those games matter this week. Um, I don't know what the coaches are going to want to do, but the Titans and Jaguars are playing Week 18 for the division. This game does not matter. The, the Titans don't have to win or lose. It doesn't. It, it doesn't matter. Same with the Jaguars. It, it is not going to affect their playoff chances. They're either going to win the South or they're not. And that's the reality of it. So, I think Derrick Henry is going to play. I think ETN is going to play. I think Trevor is going to play. But the reality of it is, um, you know, 
these games don't matter. So that's something to kind of consider at least. Um, for the Cowboys, it matters though. So for Dak Prescott, 17 fantasy points over under. What do you think? I'm going over the receiving core um, for the Cowboys has been a lead and the secondary for the Titans has not been. I think Dak has a very healthy day passing the ball. Titans also, also give up the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So I will also say uh, over. How about Malik Willis, uh, 12.3? There is no way in hell I would ever take any over from Malik Willis, um, unless if it were zero, um, then I might take the over. But I think yeah, he summed no. it up perfectly. He had 10 last week against Houston, but that's Houston. This is Dallas. Um, I know Dallas' defense has been susceptible the last two weeks, but I still think their front seven is pretty spectacular, so I think this could be a rough day uh, for Malik Willis. Tony Pollard, 14.1. He has not practiced the last two days, so, you know, monitor that but it could just be rest days for a player who's been exceptional this year so what do you think 14.1 if he's out there i'll go with the over i do think it's a tougher matchup i don't think zeke will be as efficient so i know we're getting into both now but yep if i had to lean on one running back i do think they'll need the breakaway speed and the playmaking ability over zeke who will pound it into a very physical front seven Pollard also catches a lot of balls, and the Titans give up the most fantasy points to wide receivers, so I think it's going to be really tough for either linebackers or corners to stay with Tony Pollard, so I will say the over on him if he's in the game. Ezekiel Elliott at 12.8. Uh, what's your you know over under whether Pollard's playing or not? Um, I think it's touchdown for a bust if Pollard's out there, um, so it, I would still go with the under. If there's no Pollard, I'll take the over on 12.8 because – Dallas, it's not a run-first team, but um, they do run the ball very efficiently. And, and I do fear the front seven, but I do think that they've put up a lot of points over the last two and three weeks. So um, getting the ball down the field and getting a lot of touchdown opportunities, I do think will be a strength for them this game. Zeke has hit this over in standard ESPN leagues in every week since week five. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to take you know what he's been doing. He's facing pretty solid defenses. He faced since week five, he faced Philly twice. Um I mean, he faced the Giants, who've been solid. He faced the Colts a couple weeks ago. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to take the consistency. Do I think it's a lot over? No, it could be closer to 13. But if Pollard's not out there, it could be closer to 20, and he could help win you the fantasy championship. Derrick Henry, 18.2. He is dealing with the hip injury. Um, of course, it comes down to if he's out there. Um, but uh... – I am going to take the under. I said this past week that I do think he is very overrated. He's put up 57% of his fantasy production over the last three years against his division matchups. Dallas's front seven and Micah Parsons. Um, they're not going to stop Derrick Henry because I think that is an impossible task, but I do think they're going to limit him a lot more um, than, than his ability to break away. I'm going to agree with you here. In the three games that he has not hit this uh, number over the last few weeks, or four or so, tough defenses. Philly, he had 5.8. Cincinnati, 14.7. Denver, 8.7. Uh, the Colts in week seven, seven, so when they were a better defense, uh, 16.8. Buffalo, week two, 8.5. And the Giants, 8.2. So uh, against good defenses, Derrick Henry hasn't been as affected. And if I'm a defensive coordinator, why am I not just loading up the box, letting Malik will, will throw it, throw yep. it, throw it? Like, I just don't like, I know it's like a Madden way of thinking about it, but it's like, let him beat you. Cause I don't think he's going to, um, I yep. would load up the box at that point. I see no reason not to. On to the receivers, CD lamp, 16.2. Your thoughts about that one. I'm going to smash the over on this. I think ZD lamb, he finishes the wide receiver one this past week or wide receiver two. I think he's going to replicate the same this week. He, he's been a monster for fantasy that it's, he's going up against the worst secondary in football. 
Dak should have no problem getting him the ball. If Tony Pollard's hurt, it's even more incentive for him to throw the ball CD's way. Um, I, I think it's very possible CD walks away or walks out as the fantasy king this playoffs. Where do you think CD Lamb ranks in the receiver rankings? Um, I think he's been top five, I want to say, on the year, or top seven. He is six, so you are right there. I'm, I'm just curious where I had him ranked. Um, or both of us I think I was them. lower on him. Let's see. Wide receivers. I had him at um, one, two, three, four, five. I had him at six. Um, my, my top six was Jefferson Cup, Chase, Adams, Diggs, CeeDee Lamb. Um, you had him. I was 10. lower on it. Yeah, you were lower, but you you had Tyreek Hill a little bit higher than I did. You had Hill at seven. Um, I had Hill at uh, eight. Um, some of these look really good, and some of these look really really bad. Uh, <laughs> I, I I still can't believe I put DJ Moore in there by default. That was real dumb of me. I should not have. Done I'm it. so happy that I put him outside the top twenty four. I'm so grateful for that. But that, 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 but but then I had some other good ones. I had Judy in there. I, had D, I don't know if he's going to end up being in there, but you know, in games in terms of average, I think Judy's got to be top twenty four. And I had DK in there. He's also had a pretty solid season. Judy's at twenty eight right now, so he's a shot to get in there. Yeah, he probably won't, but he's. He, he, his average test has to be really good at least. Um, yeah. We both, we both, I mean, we both had Allen Robinson in the back half, but we both uh, did not have Allen Robinson. My, my big miss is I didn't have a Monra in there, and you did. That was that was definitely my big miss. So. Anyway, uh, fun stuff that we will talk about. Um, rankings are hard, guys. That's one thing we learned. Um, yes, smash the over on CD Lamb. On to the Titans. Uh, Robert Woods and Traylon Burke, six and seven. I just, I don't want to play him, so I'm just going to say the under. I mean, um, it. If they score a touchdown, I mean, they'll go over, but I'm not going to really bet on it. Malik Willis last week had 88 passing yards against the tennis, the Texans. Um, I think that says more than enough not to trust the receiver in this game. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, the, and the tight ends, Dalton Schultz, 9.8. Um, I will go with the over here. Yep, I'll go we'll with the over as well. get into later. <laughs> uh, I do not know how to pronounce this guy's name. Shigaguziam Okonwu. Okonwu. Uh, his projection is 5.7. Um, I, I mean, like out of his, I pulled up his last four games. It's, it's 10.8, 18.5, 10, and then two. Like it's been so inconsistent last week. I mean, was two. I, I wish Tannehill was playing. So I think he scored more points with Tannehill. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. I just don't trust uh, Malik Willis out there with any of these pass catchers. So I'm going to go with the under. I'll, I'll go with the, under. I'll go with the over actually. I think he scores a touchdown. Moving on to our week 17 all boom team players who think could boom for your fantasy championship um, or semifinal if you're, again, a psycho that plays until week 18. Um, it's funny because week 18, I think this year is going to matter more than the last few years, which is probably favorable for the NFL. I mean, you'll have Baltimore and Cincinnati playing for the division, uh, Jacksonville and um, uh, um, and uh, the Titans playing for the division. I think there's like one or two other division games that matter. Then, you know, and it, 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 the, the Jets have the Dolphins if the yeah, Dolphins. Yep. Win this week, then it's a winner go home for both of them. Okay, the Jets and the Dolphins. Uh, yep. That's a big one. Patriots love the Bills. Um, that should matter for both teams if the Pats can make the playoffs. If the yep. Bills can get a higher seed, um, what else do we got here? Lions, Packers. That one could you know change a playoff spot. Uh, Giants, Eagles. I mean, I mean, the Giants are already in, but that could affect their seeding. Um, I think Eagles will probably have the one seed locked up already. Commanders and Cowboys. So there's, there's some good games in week 18. But anyway, uh, we're talking about week 17. Our week 17 all bloom quarterback. Um, let's see. I, I'll take this one first uh, because I, I did put him down there. I have Brock Purdy here. And a couple people have been asking me, you know, who should I play? Like Brock Purdy, Mike White. Like if you need a quarterback, like what are we thinking here? 
And I like Brock Purdy a lot going up against the, uh, I almost said Oakland, the Las Vegas Raiders that have allowed the seventh most fantasy points to quarterbacks since coming in as, as the starter. Uh, Purdy has two plus touchdowns in each of the last four games. I believe he also has over 13 fantasy points in each of the four games. And his lowest, I believe, is, is I'm going to look this up right now because I don't want to, I don't want to lie to you guys, but I believe his, his lowest in standard leagues is 14. And it was the first game he came in, like when Jimmy G got hurt. Um, I am right. So his lowest game was 14 as the game he came in against the Dolphins. So really no practice prep or anything. His last three have been 21, 16, and 15. There's a little bit of a higher average than Aaron Rodgers has had uh, this entire season. Um, it's also going to be the easiest matchup in that span. Like the Raiders are bad against just about everything. Um, against wide receivers, the Raiders give up the uh, – let's see. I was going to find him here on the list. The Raiders actually mill the packets wide receivers, which actually surprises me. Um, when it comes to tight ends, they are top 10 and running backs, they are top 10 as well. So it could be a big, big passing day, um, and a big day for the 49ers on offense. Anything you want to add to that one? No, no. All right. Next up, uh, Nick, you can take whichever one you want here. Uh, what would you, who would you say is a running back boom for this week? Uh, I think it's the easiest guy you could slot in it's whoever's going up against the Houston Texans, which is Travis Etienne this week. Houston allows the most points to the running back position, and Etienne has reached its 1,000 yards um, on the season already, which is kind of shocking considering the first three or four weeks James Robinson was the starter. Um, on top of that, like Houston hasn't just been like the worst team against running backs. They've been a bad team against running backs in regular football. They're allowing, on average, 170 rushing yards per game to the quarterback to, – to, um, the entire team that includes all the all the runners. Um, so tra- uh, ETN being the biggest runner is obviously going to see the bulk of this. He's had 100 yards in four of his games already this season. I would expect this to be number five. Yep. Um, and he's going to finish the top 20 running back on the season, which is pretty solid for where he was uh, drafted. So my uh, running back boom here, I'm going to go with Brian Robinson facing the Cleveland Browns defense, who's allowed the third most fantasy points to running backs, just allowed Alvin Kamara to have his uh, – I believe they had, yeah, they had the Saints last week. Um, yeah, uh, Alvin Kamara had his best game since like week 12, I think. Um, yeah, he had 19 fantasy points. First time he went over 15 points since week eight. So uh, the Browns defense is another one. You just, you just slot on a running back against them and you, and you run with it. They've got 18 touchdowns, two running backs, only played, what, 16 games or 15 games. So uh, averaging over a touchdown a game to running backs. Um, Cleveland's also allowing 160 rushing yards allowed in the last three games. It's a note from Nick. It's a really good note there. So uh, Brian Robinson's a really good play this week, especially with Carson Wentz coming back in. I, I don't think they're going to ask Wentz to throw the ball, you know, 50 times in his first game as a starter back. So um, I think they could really lean on Brian Robinson in this one. And if you picked him up off of waivers or drafted him and kept him, you know, this is a guy that could end up uh, winning a fantasy championship. Alrighty, who do you want to start off with with our uh, boom wide receivers here? We are going with the Packers wide receiving core. Of course, that means Christian Watson if he's out there and healthy. If not, we'll slot an Alan Lazard for it. But we'll, we'll talk about Watson. Um, Minnesota has allowed the third most points to the wide receiver position. And over Watson's last six games, he's averaging 19.8 points per game. That is the fourth highest posi- um, fourth highest points per game um, at the wide receiver position over that six-game span. Um, Lazard had 11 targets last week once Wa- Christian Watson went out. Um, at the half and his and that was his highest since week 11 um, which is kind of when Christian Watson started taking over so um, you're, you're going to see an absolute boom from this core um, and what is a must win game where the Packers offense I know I know we're not really talking about them um, as much because of how bad the front half of their season was they're starting to get clicking on some cylinders and they still are technically in the playoff hunt 
um, if they win this week and next week, they have a real shot to make it in. So um, the they, they, they are going to, to be trying. So badly. They the are NFL going to try and... to win so badly. The, the refs are going to be dressed in green and yellow underneath. They're going to be wearing <laughs> their long jones. They want it so badly, no doubt in my mind. Of course. Um, so, and, and, and like Nick kind of stated, like whatever team we put on our um, graphic, we're going to wait until the Christian Watson practice report comes out, but Lazard will be a really good play. I wouldn't play Lazard unless Christian Watson is out. I just want to note that. Um, Lazard did have those 11 targets last week without Watson, but I, I wouldn't play Lazard without Christian Watson um, in there. All right, uh, my second wide receiver boom here is going to be Jerry Judy. Chiefs have allowed the six most fantasy points to wide receivers. We, we love to play those matchups. Uh, since coming back from his injury, Judy's had uh, over double digits in all four of his games. Three of them have been over 15 fantasy points, I believe, with one of them being a 30-point bomb against those Kansas City Chiefs a couple of weeks ago. He also has eight-plus targets in the last three games, plus 65 receiving yards. As bad as Mr. Limit has been, it has not stifled Jerry Judy's um uh, production has stifled Cortland Sutton, uh, which is unfortunate. But Jerry, Jerry Judy's clearly become his uh, Russell Wilson's favorite target over there over the over the last eight games of the season. And I don't know what happened because Sutton was his favorite for the first eight, but very, I don't know. Denver's just I can't say anything positive about Denver, but Jerry Judy, Judy's been spectacular. And uh, if you've had him these last few weeks, he's probably helping you to you know get to a championship. And I think if you play him this week, he's going to help you win a championship as well. All right, Nick, flex players. You have one in here that you wanted to talk about. So who is your uh, first flex player this week? I am going with Mr. Mike Evans. The this, is a guy, this is a guy that I did not think would be on a boomer bust, really, uh, unless he was facing Marshawn Lattimore. But, I mean, here we are. <laughs> um, the Panthers allowed the fifth most points to the wide receiver position. Uh, the last time that these two teams faced, Evans had 15 targets and had 18.6 points. He also did drop a wide-open 60-yard touchdown at the beginning of the game. Granted, it's not to say that he'd have 15 targets if he dropped that touchdown, but let's just say he did catch it. He would have finished as a wide receiver one on the week. Uh, I know Mike Evans has been pretty inconsistent, um, but the Bucs are kind of in a must-win situation. If they do win this week, they clinch a playoff spot, and if they clinch the playoff spot, Brady is able to rest next week going into the championship so or into the playoff matchup. So, um, I do I do think that the, the Bucks are going to try and fire in all c- cylinders, and they're going to get their Pro Bowl center Ryan Jensen back this week. Um, and, and if you know Brady, his offensive line and his center, is he feels is the most important position on the field outside of the quarterback. So um, I, I do think the Bucks are going to find a way to pull out this game and get a big one. So my, uh, our second flex play is going to be Mr. Cam Akers, who's had a playoff resurgence and is almost having like a David Montgomery-type playoffs. Uh, Montgomery's won fantasy playoffs for – couple a couple of years now and i think acres is that guy this year um facing the chargers this week who have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to running backs acres over the last four games averaging 19 fantasy points and six touchdowns uh if you have acres in your lineup positive matchup they're gonna run the ball um baker mayfield has managed the game not like you think it's the packers because it was horrible um but just manage the game not throw picks um and acres is gonna have a really nice stat line and Again, like I said, he may end up being the fantasy save, savior. Um, and I do want to mention he's also had 45% of the running back carries over the past few weeks, so he's not in a committee. He's the bell cow now. Um, and I think he'll be a really, really interesting player to evaluate next year, considering he was almost traded this year. But he's had such a um, solid, you know, back half of the season. I wonder if McVay had a conversation with him and kind of reeled him in. And, you know, if he's on track, it took him a year and a half to return from the ACL injury, and that's kind of how some of those players go. But I just wonder. It's going to be a really interesting player to – talk about uh in the offseason and, and during drafts next year so do i have uh, my way too early prediction for sure Kenny. let's hear it yeah let's do it he's going to be jay ajayi and when i say that <laughs> i mean he's going to have the back half six weeks monster 
like been phenomenal. Yep. There's no reason he shouldn't be drafted high. Um, and then he is going to be one of the biggest disappointments. What about a Kenyon Drake? So round of a Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake is another. He's great. another one, a playoff savior two years ago, and then just fell off. That, I, I think that's K-Makers here. All right. Uh, who is our tight end boom uh, this week? We talked about him a little bit already. We are going with Dalton Schultz. Tennessee has allowed the six most points to the tight end position. Um, and we also know they allow the most points to the wide receiver position. Um, in his nine games that he's played with Dak, six of them, he's had over six targets, which is a lot for the tight end position. With Tony Pollard being questionable for an injury, they're going to find other ways to score um, when they get down to that red zone outside of using the running backs and pounding Zeke repeatedly. Um, and usually the tight end position is always a good bet there. So a lot of touchdown upside, a lot of target upside, favorable matchup. Everything's a check mark for your tight end on Thursday Night Football. Moving on to our Week 17 all-bus team. Um, unfortunately, this is somebody that's not been on the bus side of this list, I don't think, the entire season. And it's a, it's Geno Smith, who's been he's been really, really solid for fantasy. Um, before this week, I don't think he'd had a week, uh, you know, before the last two weeks, I don't think he'd had a game under 15 fantasy points in probably 10 weeks. But now he's had back-to-back games under 15 fantasy points, both against good defenses in the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, um, the Panthers, I believe it was. Um the Jets have also surrendered the ninth most fantasy points to, um, I'm sorry, the ninth least to quarterbacks. So the Jets have been very good against quarterbacks. Um, they're averaging fewer than 15 points allowed to quarterbacks throughout the entirety of the season. Um, so it's going to be a rough game. Uh, the Jets are good against everything, especially wide receivers. We'll talk about that in a second. But if you're, you know, if you're good against wide receivers, you know, who is D- who is uh, Gino going to throw to? Um, I think it's going to be really challenging for him to elapse 15 fantasy points. So if you've had Gino and he's been your starter and you maybe had like Brady or golf as your backup, um, this is the week to sit Gino. Um, you could thank him for all the, the, the good work he's done for you, but this is the time to kind of bench him. Uh, Nick also put here revenge game gone wrong. Jet the fuck up. I wish this game happened like six <laughs> weeks ago when, when Gino and, and, and the Seahawks were hot, but uh, they're not like they've, they've fallen off a cliff. Uh, Gino has reverted. He's not bad, but he's, his stats have kind of leveled out to where the last three games his completion percentage has gone down. His passer rating has gone down. His touchdown to interception ratio has gone down. Um, it's a mix of, you know, defense is kind of figuring out the Seahawks offense. The offensive line is still, you know, abysmal. It's still bottom 10 in the league. Um, you know, last week against uh, uh, the Chiefs, Chris Jones is in his face like every play. And at that point, like, what do you do? So um, with all those factors going into it, this is going to be a pretty rough game for Geno Smith and the Seahawks offense. Who is our first running back bust of the week? We are going with someone that has absolutely had the biggest leap at the running back position from ADP to where they'll be drafted next year. Um, We're going with Josh Jacobs. San Francisco has suffered the least amount of points at the running back position. They also only allow 75 rushing yards per game. We talked about the Texans earlier who average allowing 170 yards per game. Now you're talking about San Francisco who averages the least in the league at 75, um, which is the best in football by a mile. Um, There's only three teams in total that average less than 100 yards per game. Um, They also only allow 3.3 yards per carry. So I know we always talk about how the the Raiders' uh, way to win is give Josh Jacobs 20 carries. 20 carries might not be enough to get him to his number. 20 carries times 3.3 yards per carry literally equals 66 yards. So he's going to need a lot of volume or a big breakaway or a touchdown against one of the best defenses in football, if not the number one defense in football. We don't love the matchup, but – you know the workload and the guaranteed workloads there, so it's almost impossible to bench who's been your fantasy superstar. Jacobs has been such a, a, a tricky play. Um, 
because he was a running back one going into the fantasy playoffs. And his last two games have been 13 and six rough matchups against New England and Pittsburgh. And now he's the running back three. And I think he's going to drop out of the top three. Um, I don't know who the four and five is. I'd love to see, but I think there's a chance he finishes a top five running back, which isn't bad at all. But, you know, these matchups are really, really tough. Moving on, we have uh, Najee Harris, who we talked about on, on Tuesday show has been really, really consistent. That, that's a good thing. However, his consistency is a floor of about 10 and a ceiling of about 14, 15. Well, now he's going up against the Baltimore Ravens, who surrendered the five least amount of fantasy points to running backs. Um, Baltimore is one of the only other teams allowing less than 100 uh, yards per game to running backs. Also, uh, last time he faced the Baltimore Ravens, he had 33 yards and a touchdown. Touchdown made up most of his fantasy points because he ended with 13, so take those six away. He only ends with seven. Baltimore's only allowed eight rushing touchdowns this season. Uh, they played 16 games with only allowing a touchdown in every other game, roughly. So if Najee doesn't get in the end zone, I think you're looking at a bottom, you know, 10 performance. Uh, the Steelers don't put up a lot of points. Um, I, I would love to have the list right here. I don't, but I'm sure if you, if you looked at a list of teams that have scored the least amount of, like, NFL points during the season, I'm sure it's, like, Pittsburgh, Denver, um, and a couple other teams in there. So with that said, uh, this is a rough play. And if you have a backup running back, you know, this could be a guy you could talk about on Sunday's live show of questions. Jacobs, I don't think you could bench, but Najee, I'm all in on benching him this week. It's a really bad matchup. Moving on, uh, our wide receiver bust this week. Nick, who would you like to uh, to start with? We're going to go with Christian Kirk. He's going up against Houston, who allows the fourth least amount of points to the wide receiver position. Um, and he's been and and the Houston Texans, they've been so bad against the run, allowing that 170 yards per game mark that they that teams are just running and pounding the ball all over them. Teams typically take an early lead and just pound the ball run the clock out. Um, and that's exactly what happened the last time that these team, teams saw Christian Kirk had his worst fantasy game of the season, only seeing three targets, one catch and 11 yards. That was by far his worst game um, of the entire year. So Christian Kirk, a guy that's been, you know, hasn't been too consistent, but has a, had a lot of good games. Who's also had a lot of, or a handful of single digit games. I would expect that he leans more on the single digit side than another monster game. All right. I'm going to take the other Seahawk here because Nick didn't want to. Uh, DK Metcalf. I, I, I've been, I think Nick had him outside his top 24 going into the season. And I, I, I had him in there strictly yeah. because of, of his. I think you did. I don't think, I think you'd so. either Seahawk in your top 24. Um, Lockett's probably higher than him. Uh, DK's 12 right now. Let's see what Lockett is. So I'm just, I'm just curious. So Lockett might have a higher average, folks. Lockett's been consistent. So Lockett's 13, DK's 12. But Lockett missed uh, these two, uh, last week, so I, I think Lockett would have been higher. But we were both. I think we both missed on the Seahawks receivers, yeah. um, and that's okay. Um, but DK Metcalf, I want to talk about consistency. Since week eight, he's at over uh, over twelve point five fantasy points in standard leagues, and I know it's not a high number, but the twelve point five was against uh, San Francisco, thirteen point one against Tampa Bay. Uh, 14.7 against Arizona, so tougher defenses. But other games mean 20, 26, 18, 15, etc. So he's been very, very consistent. Now he's going up against a really tough defense in the New York Jets. Against tough defenses at really good corners, Um, Denver only 8 week 1, San Francisco only 7 week 2, San Francisco 12.5 week 15, uh, the Chargers, uh, you know, 2. Um, so it's going to be a really tough game against Sauce Gardner and his former team teammate. Uh, I think DJ Reed's a former uh teammate at least yep. um jets have surrendered the second least amount of fantasy points two wide receivers only after the denver broncos uh dk only has one game under six targets this year and uh, nick believes this is going to be his second game and i wouldn't be super duper um 
uh, surprised if that did happen. Nick also mentioned that Sauce has been targeted an average of 3.7 times per game and always lines up on the outside. DK's rarely, rarely, rarely in the slot. Um, so he's probably going to see Sauce most of the game, leading to probably less than five targets, leading to less than five chan- you know, chance of scoring a touchdown, fantasy points, et cetera. Um, another one, like receivers at a deep position, I wouldn't be against benching DK Metcalf. And I say, I say that as a Seahawks fan, and as a guy who was scared to bench DK Metcalf when I had um, probably my best fantasy team ever, possibly, uh, in me and Nick's league a couple of years ago when DK was my wide receiver three behind Jefferson and Tyreek Hill. Um, and I didn't want to bench him against the Rams, and I should have. If I bench him and Russell Wilson against the Rams, I win that week. So, um, yeah, I, I, this is a week I would say bench DK Metcalf. I do want to make a quick note. You did have DK at number 24. I had him at 21. So I did have him in the top. Okay. 20. I didn't think you had to see him. So yeah. there you go. They, they're correcting me there. So we, we both we both were not super-duper high on him. Nick was yes, a little bit higher than I was. Uh, moving on to the flex spots. Nick did both of, the, both of the flex spots, so you get first choice as to who you'd like to uh, talk about here. I'm going to go with Michael Pittman. Last week he was with Nick Foles, who was announced as the starter this week, who was absolutely horrendous, had three interceptions and only threw for 143 yards against the Chargers, who have been one of the worst teams against receivers, quarterback, everybody. Um, and in that game, Michael Pittman only saw seven targets. Um, the, I know it's seven sounds like a good number, but that's less than a season average. Uh, it's two under season, season average. Um, uh, now he's going up against the Giants in what is a must-win game for them. The Giants have been one of the better teams against the wide receiver position. Um, so you, you have this tough matchup, bad quarterback. Um, Nick, Nick Foles looked terrible. If anyone saw the eye test, uh, it, was, it was a horrible performance. Did not meet. Uh, every, every catch over 10 yards he threw, uh, I think he was one for six on passes over 10 yards in the air and threw all three of his interceptions on those. So Michael Pittman, a guy that you typically can see in the 15, 20 yard receiving range, it does not have a quarterback that can meet those expectations going up against a tough secondary. It is a recipe for disaster um, for, for a player I personally really like. Next, we have Chris Olave, a guy I've been very, very high on. And he was very consistent through the first nine weeks of the season. I mean, he had double digits in each of those games. Um, or it didn't have in week one. He had a nine-week one. But in double digits in each of those games and had over 15 in um, in five or six of those. I'm um, sorry, uh, seven of those um, in his first nine. Then after nine, he only has one game over 15 fantasy points and three over double digits. Um, three of them under double digits. Now going up against the uh, Cleveland Browns here. Um and it's kind of a tricky match if they've been tougher against wide receivers. Um, They're going up week, against uh, the Eagles. Well. I'm sorry, Eagles. Um, I, I misread the wrong matchup. Uh, Eagles are a tougher matchup. I'm sorry about that. Um, and last of the three games here, he's in under 12 fantasy points, including that favorable matchup to the Atlanta Falcons. I think he was on an all-boom team there. Um, Eagles been top 10 against fantasy wide receivers. Darius Slay's a dog, a, a top five corner in the league. Um, Eagles also allow the least uh, passing yards per game to wide receivers. Nick puts here that he'd bench him, and I would consider that one as well. I don't think Olave's talent is what's hurting him. It's the quarterback situation over there. Um, they have an offseason to address it, but Olave's really talented. They traded up to go get him. They have to get him a quarterback that's going to throw him the ball because, um, you know, stud wide receivers can overcome a bad quarterback, but this is just – it's bad. They, they, they need I – I don't think the coach is a problem because the defense has been really good. I think they need an offensive coordinator um, – that could at least help uh, an average quarterback. Lastly, here are all bust tight end Nick. Uh, who did you decide to go with? I went with the Nick the Nick Giacobbe strat. Um, yep. I took the tight end going up against the New Orleans Saints. We're the best team against the tight end position. They did not allow double-digit points up until they saw 
um, George Kettle, who has gone for monstrous, monstrous games over the last two or three weeks. Um, and this last week with Gardner Minshew running the helm, which it looks like it's going to be this week, he only saw three targets in what was a shootout. So you can't expect um, Goddard to go up against the best team against the tight end, have a quarterback that only targeted him three times in the perfect recipe for a game of a shootout. Um, and expect him to succeed. On top of that, I'm probably expecting this game to hit the under. Um, you got two um, very good defenses going up against each other with pretty much backup quarterbacks for both of them. So um, I, I'm not a fan of this game being high scoring. I'm not a fan of got, playing Goddard in the tough matchup, and I do not expect him to uh, to be a reliable starting starting option this week. All right. Lastly, we're going with flex on um, two players from each game, one from each side of the ball, and we'll talk about which player we'd rather play in our flex spots. Cardinals at the Falcons, Hollywood Brown or Drake London? I'm pretty sure London has three shade games over 14, I think it is. So I'll, I'll roll out London against a very poor defense. I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm trying to get an injury update on uh, Colt McCoy here. I'm trying to see if he starts this week. Um, they're hoping that Colt McCoy starts this week. If Colt McCoy starts, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go London either way, but if Colt McCoy starts this week, I think he could start your Arizona Cardinals. But if it's going to be McSorley out there, I think you got to consider benching both of those Cardinals wide receivers this week. Uh, Lions at the Bears. I mean, the Bears at the Lions. David Montgomery or DeAndre Swift? I would play Monty here. I think Swift has been so, so streaky. I think he's winded up on my do not touch list for next year. Streak's been he's been streaky, but if you have Swift, I, I would play him this week. Bears have been um a bit a bit easier on running backs, allowing the seventh most points to running backs on the season. Swift also saw his highest snap share last week. Um and the snap share has been going up as his injury has um gotten better. So I'll go with Swift this week for the volume um opportunity in a game quick, that they have quick, to win. Quick question for you, because I, I wanted to take a look at his stats as well, because I felt like he's been streaky. Um, he, he's been a little more solid points wise because he's had a good role in the receiving game. Do you want to guess how many games he has double digit touches this year? Uh, how many games has he played? Can you tell me that? He missed, a um, he has played uh 12 games this year. So this is just touches. Um, I will yep. say over 10. Five. He has only two games over 10 touches, one of them was wow. week one. Yep, that's pretty bad. <sighs> But, but I feel like it's almost like the I Cowboys. Like, I, I need to see Tony Pollard's stats, but I feel like Tony Pollard's another one that just doesn't get a lot of touches unless he's the starter. Um, I don't think he get. I think like the line for him is like more like fourteen though. Like he has one, two, three, four, five, six. He actually has nine straight games of over double digits, excluding this past week. Those are those Pollard. are um, carries Pollard. for Pollard. Well, wow. yeah, Pollard had nine last week against Philly. I would love to see Kamara stats. I would love to see Kamara stats when they had Mark Ingram over there because I think Kamara played that similar role. Um, obviously yeah. not the same as Swift, but yeah. Uh, Jerry Judy or Juju Smith-Schuster? Both of these guys had very good games against each other last time, but Juju is still seeing Sertan. I do not expect him to play um, the 22-point game. He was going to wind up on the all-bus team for me up until I saw that he mm. played at a monster game last time, but Jerry Judy's game was higher. It was three touchdowns, 100 yards. So I'm going to go with Jerry Judy in this one. You want to talk about streaky here since the bye week. So their their bye week is week eight. So, so Juju's played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. And those seven games since the bye, three over 15 and four under seven. I will bust wow. Juju because of that streakiness. Uh, Jalen Waddle or Jacoby Myers? Um, if I had I'd these rather... two on my team, I would play Jacoby Myers if I had these two on my team. If I had both on my team, I don't think I could bring myself to bench Waddle, but I, I don't 
disagree. Like Myers is probably the better play. I just can't see myself personally doing it. Myers has some rough stats too. I mean, he had one, two, three, four, five games under 10 fantasy points. Then he boomed last week in Cincinnati. Um, and that was on the 60 yard ball deflected touchdown. Yeah. But Miami's really bad against wide receivers. I think I'd have to look at that. And New England's one of the better teams. That's like, that's a great debate one. That's a good question for the podcast. Yeah. I think, I think I would go Myers though. Uh, Michael Pittman or Darius Slayton? I'd go Slayton, and and I hate to say it because I feel like Michael Pittman's been you know very consistent target load, but I, I can't do it with Nick Foles at the helm. Uh, I think Michael Pittman needs to request uh, a trade this offseason. He needs to get out of there. That's just yeah. bad. Um, Chris Olave or Devontae Smith? You know Devontae Smith is the wide receiver nine on the season. Uh, listen, that's a that's a me pick. That is a me me pick. I don't get everything right. I said it. I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to brag about my wins and I will apologize for my losses. But that was a me pick. Yeah, and I and, uh, I, and I and it was a me pick. I'll and I didn't get him any. Though. I did not get him in all five of my leagues. I got him in one league where he fell very far, but I, 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 I boasted about him on the podcast, but I think I didn't get him because that was my running back dead zone. I was picking a third running back or a quarterback or something. I don't know. I, I was picking other pieces that I I I loaded up on receivers early on. I, I had I picked him up in one league and unfortunately it didn't help because I had six of my top ten picks hit the IR um, within the first five weeks of the season. So, um, but yeah, I'm going with Devonte Smith. I mean, he's been way more incredible than I think anyone's given him credit for. DJ Moore or Chris Godwin? I'm going Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans was a debate for the All Boom team. Yeah, I think I got to play with Donovan Peoples Jones or Jahan Dotson. I'd lean Dotson here. I think he's a sleepy start. Um, or sneaky start. Um, yeah. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones last week played absolutely terrible. Deshaun Watson, that Browns offense has been mediocre at best. Um, it's, it's not someone I want to roll out. I think it's a lot tougher to play a Brown right now than, than a commander. I'll play Dotson. Yeah. Travis Etienne or Rex Burkett? Oh, this is an easy one because the Texans yeah, have nobody. Travis. Texans have nobody. You should not start any Texan this weekend. I'll, 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 I'll say that with my chest. You should not play a Texan in your fantasy championship. Yep. Agreed. Um, Garrett Wilson or DK Metcalf? I will lean Garrett Wilson. I will too. Mike White's in there. Um, George Kittle or Darren Waller? Ooh, what a good one. I'm going with George Kittle. I'll go Kittle as well. I said 20 plus fantasy points last two weeks of Debo Samuel. Um, he could be your league winner right there. I will I will kind of avoid Kittle next year, but um, he's been your, your league winner. Adam Thielen or Christian Watson slash Alan Lazard, so whatever Packers wide receiver is going to start in that one. Whichever receiver it is, I'd rather play them than yep. Thielen. The Vikings aren't fun for this segment either because Jefferson's the best wide receiver in football and, and Delvin Cook. I, I guess you could He's say Delvin. I guess you could say Delvin Cook or Aaron Jones or something, but yeah. Um, the, Vikings, the Vikings don't don't really have a flex player. Yeah. Cam Akers or uh, Mike Williams? I would take Mike Williams upside over Cam Akers, but so would I. if you need the safe floor, I'm taking Akers. I'll play Williams no matter what over Akers, but I think Akers is a really solid play. He's on our all-boom team. Sunday night football, George Pickens or J.K. Dobbins? That that Steelers front seven has heated up since T.J. Watt came back. I'm taking George Pickens. Yeah, I'll take him as well. And um, I don't think we normally do Monday night football in this segment, but we probably should, um, so I'm doing it this week. Um, Gabriel Davis or T. Higgins? T. Higgins is an absolute lock for me. Yep. I wonder where Tegans will be on your wide receiver rankings uh, next year because you, you had him you had him a bit lower this year. It will probably be outside the top 12. 15. <laughs> Got to get him near, near 15 or something. Re- re- receivers are tough, man. Uh, I had him at 18, I think, going into the year. 
I think so. I had them at 12 or something. Receivers are tough. All right. Uh, this was our big mega show, our last show going into week uh, 17. There will be an audio version of the show, at least. Um, if you want more fantasy content, if you need more advice, if you want to ask your questions, live show this Sunday, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time, New Year's Day, our first show of 2023. Make sure you join us for that. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun, so hopefully you join us for that. Um, come ask your questions on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. YouTube and Facebook is Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Twitter is Primetime FF. Pod. If you enjoyed the show and you're listening on an audio streaming platform like iTunes or Spotify, please give us a five-star rating and a review. Um, if you'd rather watch and listen to the show, uh, you know, or if you're watching and listening on YouTube, I should say, drop a like on this video. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Um, share the links with your friends. Make sure you help us grow uh, the Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Keep connecting with us on social media, Primetime FFPod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube is Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you. Appreciate all the support. Um, have a great New Year's, and we'll see you on New Year's Day for 2023 for the live stream, Week 17, and to help you win your fantasy football championship. <laughs>